Praise the Lord, my brothers and sisters. On today, this is Minister Anthony Bonner of Truth Turned Up Ministries coming to you live today on the podcast with a word entitled "Beware of Covetness." Beware of covetness. We know that covetness is a sin. We know that the Lord, that God, that the Holy Scriptures tell us that covetness is a sin. That covetness leads to sin. Covetness is the earnest or the intense desire to have something, do something, or be something that can affect your judgment, it can affect your destiny, and it can affect your position in God simply because it places you in the position of God to attempt to know or believe you know what is best for you and you know when you need what you think you need, so you covet things. And when you covet things, you open yourself up for the enemy to use your flesh in a manner that can be destructive to the plan and the will of God for your life. On today, we're going to look at a verse of scripture in Luke chapter 12, where we see this very thing happening, where Jesus Christ is on the scene, And if you read chapter 12 all the way down to eventually where we're going to get to verse 15, you'll see that Jesus is in a place where a multitude of people, it says that this multitude was uh, innumerable, meaning that you couldn't even count it. There's been places in the Bible where Jesus fed the 5,000 saying, not including women or children, where he had an idea possibly of how many people were there. But the Apostle Luke, who wrote this particular book, And this verse of scripture through the unction of the Holy Spirit says an innumerable multitude of people uh, that they throwed upon one another, that they were pressing in on Jesus Christ. And Jesus begins to teach the people to be aware of the hypocrisy of the religious leaders, the Pharisees. He begins to warn the people like he's warning you and I that there's nothing covered that shall not be revealed and there's nothing hidden that shall not be made known which is him charging us to live a righteous life, to abide in his righteousness, that we cannot do it on our own. But if we do it in conjunction with him, we can be free from lying, from adultery, from fornication, from drunkenness, from procrastination, from thievery, from murder, from all of the other ills that plague our communities and plague our individual lives. They were not meant to be a part of us because we are overcomers. We're more than conquerors through Jesus Christ who loved us, but we have to give ourselves to him. We have to give ourselves over to the only plan and the only way that that can happen, and that is through an intimate, committed relationship with Jesus Christ. So he goes on warning the people, uh, his people, his his disciples, his followers, his converts, those that would uh, commit or desire to commit to go on into a deeper walk with him. He's telling them that that whatever you speak in darkness, it's going to be heard in the light because I'm sovereign. I know all things. You're not going to get away with anything. He says that which you've spoken in the ear in closets is going to be proclaimed on the housetops. So keep your tongue. He says death and life lies in the power of the tongue. So you got to watch what you speak because you're going to have whatsoever you say. And he goes on to tell us, you know, that We don't need to be afraid of leaders. We don't need to be afraid of our enemies. We don't need to be afraid of anybody because he says in verse 4, he says that be not afraid of them that kill the body and after that they have no more that they can do. 
They can kill your body. And I know many fear death because they don't understand that there is no death when you're in Christ Jesus. There's only transition. You transition from one life or one form or state of life to the ultimate form or state of life that we were created to. We are a living soul. Yes, we have spirits and we're all, and both of those are housed in a body. This is only a checkpoint, a resting point. We're passing through. We're pilgrims. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. We are not at home in the earth. We are simply here being trained. We're being equipped for our final destination. This is a test run. Hallelujah. We are to take heed. We are to beware of things that the natural world wants us to place our attention on, our focus on, and desires that we covet. Because when we covet, that means we're going to be anxious. And we know the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. God knows that you don't have a car, that you're catching the bus or the metro link or the train or the subway and that you're walking and that it's a struggle for you to get to work on time or to pick up your children or to even serve him in the ministry. Pray. Press. Don't cease praying. Believe God that he's going to work it out for you to be able to get a car. He's either going to touch someone's heart to give you a car or he's going to make sure that the finances come your way, either through you working and saving or through getting an unexpected check in the mail. Some kind of way God's going to make sure he's going to get you a car or the scriptures are alive when he says in Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. God tells us that we don't have to fear because he knows what things we have need of. He says, I forewarned you whom you should fear. He tells us that we should fear him because only uh, uh, God can have the power to cast you into hell. Hallelujah. We're to fear God because we can be eternally cut off from the light, from the love, from all that God has for us to reign with him a thousand years and to live with him all the way up into eternity that what we experience now in this life is just a short peek into all that God has planned for us. God goes on to tell them that we're to take heed of his love and his power and his magnificence and his splendor that we don't have to worry uh, because he says in verse 6 he says are not five sparrows sold for two farthings and not one of them is forgotten before God. He says, but even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. This is the omnipotence of God, his all-knowingness. You and I don't know how many sparrows exist in the world, but God does because he's the creator of it all. And he says, not one of them. They could be in the billions. They could be in the trillions. They can be in an innumerable number that does not even exist to the limited wisdom and knowledge of man. But God knows how many they are. Because he created them all and he allowed them to be and he numbered their days and he said not one of them is going to fall to the ground and not one of them is even forgotten. God even knows how much that man is selling his sparrows for, for two farthings. This should encourage you. This should push you to want to go into a deeper relationship with him. This should uh, encourage you again to surrender control of your life to he who controls all things. He says... Even the very hairs of your number of your head, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. God knows every individual that he's ever created, how many hairs are on their head at any given moment and at all times. 
That's profound. That's mind-boggling. You can't even picture that. I'm sitting here right now, and I have no hair. My hair is shaved bald, but as I run my hand across it, I can feel fine stubbles of hair popping back up. And my God knows where each and every one of them are and how many of them they are. And yet I, with my high school diploma, with my college degree, with my countless experiences traveling the world for many years, have not a clue. I am to remember my smallness in the vast scheme of things in the universe and embrace his vastness knowing that he knows all things and nothing catches him by surprise, my brothers and my sisters. So when he tells us that, he's telling us to focus on the main thing. The main thing is Jesus Christ. The main thing is his plan for eternity. Eternity includes right now. Eternity is not some delayed day in the future. We're in eternity present right now. We've already experienced eternity past through the word of the scripture, which gives us a clear account of things that have happened in the past. Now we're placed in eternity present and God is getting us ready for eternity future where he's going to bring us into so we can experience heaven in all three of these forms because heaven is not just a physical place. It is a spiritual reality that we connect to through our spiritual man because we're reconnected to God. Those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The book of John tells us. So to continue on in our lesson, he goes on to tell us he, he, he's, he, 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 he comes down. If we jump down to verse 13 before we get into our uh, uh, verse of choice in verse 15, he says, And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divided the inheritance with me. This man has jumped out of all of the teachings that Jesus has been given into his flesh. His mind has wandered. It is strayed from the divine bread, the divine manna, the living water that God is pouring into the souls of a people that have been in bondage to the Egyptians for years, to the people that have been in bondage to the Romans for years and their systems and, 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 and the mandates of their culture and limiting their ability to experience the fullness of the potential which God has placed inside every man and woman of every generation, of every culture, of every creed, God has given mankind the ability to win and to rise to the top. He's given them what it takes, which is setting them free from fear, setting them free from worry, setting them free from uh, 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 their identity being changed and redefined by things that don't matter. Verse 14 said, and he said unto him, man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? Jesus is telling him, that is not my business. That is not my business. I have no desire or concern to deal with what it is you're throwing before me right now because I am here about my father's business and I'm giving you an opportunity to join me, to be on my team, to also be about my father's business and to win in a way that is so much bigger that the thing that you're concerned about, you'll really see doesn't even matter that it's small in the grand scheme of things that you could really, if you embrace my teachings, give your brother all of it. Don't even worry about it. Follow me and I'll give you more than what you walked away from. You see, because I'm Jehovah Jireh. I'm over it all. 
I'm the one who blesses and curses. I'm the one that promotes and demotes. All you got to do is keep your eyes on me. Stay connected to me. Don't worry about how. Don't worry about when. Don't worry about any of that. That is all my business. Your business is taking heed to my word. Our key verse, verse 15. And he said unto them, he being Jesus, take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. And this is so key and so very important in 2021, which we find ourselves, because we live in a world where the world wants to define you and your worth by the abundance of possessions that you have, by the amount of money you make, by the title on your door or on your desk, by the location of your office, by the physical uh, appearance or attractiveness of your wife or your husband, or if you have muscles or not, if you have a pretty face or, or if you have a perfect smile or the curvature of your body, the type of vehicle you drive, your zip code, uh, uh, what, how your kids behave, uh, uh, whether you completed high school or not, whether or not you invest in the stock market, they have all of these uh, ways of defining you, which also eliminates you or diminish you according to natural knowledge. And God is saying it's all foolishness. It's all dung that none of it matters because I'm the one who created you. I'm the one who laid out the plan for your life before you even came forth out of your mother's womb. I'm the one who knows what lies in your tomorrow. I am in control of your today. I was in your yesterday protecting you to even bring you forward. It was not your stuff. It is not the stuff that the world tells you to need. He says, the world tells you you need. He says, take heed. To take heed means to be very conscious of, to be aware of what's happening around you, what people are trying to do. It's almost a form of brainwashing, of, of, of brainwashing you into believing that you need something or you have to have something that you don't need and you don't have to have to make it where God is taking you. In one of our previous uh, uh, podcasts, we were in Psalms 138. 38 and 8, which says, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. So if God's going to perfect that which concerns me, then I don't have to worry about what it is that's going on in my life. I just need to live life according to God's will. Because the great man of God, Job, said, but he knoweth the way that I take. When he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. God knows the way that you take, just like he knows how much five sparrows cost. Just like he said, not one of them is forgotten before God. You're not going to be forgotten before God. He promises you. He asks you the question for you to answer. He says, ye are of more value than many sparrows. You don't know that? That you're of more value than many sparrows? That you're created in his image and his likeness? That he's created you a living soul? That he's breathed the breath of life into you. That he's given you a spirit man to overcome your flesh so that you can reconnect with him. To receive directions. To receive instructions. To receive counsel. To receive provision. To receive power. To receive his participation fully in your life. That you can take heed and beware of covetousness. You don't have to worry about when someone else looks like they're winning and you're not winning. Or when someone looks like or trying to make you feel like they're better than you. They're not better than you. Because there's a verse of scripture in the Bible that God reminds us that God is the maker of the rich and the poor. That they all meet together. God makes the rich and the poor. 
Hallelujah. You don't have to worry about that. You're not playing catch up. You're not behind. You're exactly where you're supposed to be because God is the author and the finisher of your faith. God ordains time. God stops time. He delays time. He speeds times up. So you are right on time if you are in position to walk with your Lord and Savior. In closing and bringing this down to get a full understanding of why you have to take heed and beware of covetousness, not coveting or desiring or, or, or getting all worked up over what someone has or what you think you deserve. The psalmist in Psalm 37, which is a psalm of David, warns us, it says, fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thy envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil, for evildoers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. My dear brothers and sisters, we need not covet. We need only take heed to the words which have just been spoken out of my mouth into the atmosphere for you to impart in your heart, in your spirit, to allow your mind to be renewed to divine things, to wait on the Lord, to trust the Lord, to abide in the Lord, to allow God to do that which only he knows he desires to do for you and through you. Will this be easy? Absolutely not, because it goes against everything you've ever been taught and all of your five natural instincts. But we're not talking about what you've been taught. We're talking about what God says. You have not been taught that. We're not talking about your five natural instincts. We're talking about divine instincts, which must be imparted into you, which must be sought out. They're the treasure that are hidden in the field. These are not common things. They're uncommon things. They're not things that mankind desires. They are things that God desires for mankind. So you must do as the scripture says, as uncomfortable as it shall be, as, as uncomfortable and uncertain as it will appear to be. My brothers and sisters, there is nothing more certain than the word of God. Do not worry or be fearful. Beware of hypocrisy. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Take heed. Because God says, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. And again, in closing, we live in a culture where women and men and the whole culture defines the measure of a man by the abundance of things that he has. Unfortunately, fame and fortune has been associated with wisdom and integrity and honor. And we know that that is not the case. If that was the case, Wall Street wouldn't be Wall Street. There are, there are countless men for every generation who've defrauded people out of their money, out of their inheritance, out of their savings, out, 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 of, out of everything they've worked hard for. 
uh, people in high government positions who have misabused and misused the trust of the congregations and the people. People in banking, hallelujah, people in the church, people in every, every sector of life because it's a heart issue. It is a nature issue. Human nature is crooked. It desires to be on top. It desires to be exalted. It desires self-promotion because that's what we learn in school. But my brothers and my sisters, take heed and beware of covenants. For a man's life consists not in the abundance of things which he possesses. Your life is defined by and is kept by and ordained by and sustained only by Jesus Christ and our Heavenly Father who gave His only begotten Son not only for us to be free from sin but to be victorious and to be reunited with Him and to walk with Him daily step by step as a child does with his parents holding his hand free from care full of joy and expectant of what's next. In Jesus' name, amen.